on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. Here's Dominic Catronio. What was a very, very fun day. Brewers get the series win. They defeat the Cubs and heading back home with some momentum for the home opener tomorrow. 9-5, to five, the final this afternoon from Wrigley. They take it two games out of three. See, this is why you play 162 games. This is why you play nine innings. You don't hit the panic button until it's over. And it was far from over. Eric Lauer's first two innings were shaky. Then the offense arrived. I mean, you go 16 innings without scoring a run for the Brewers, and at one point they had scored in something like five of their last seven innings after they got that first run across, and they kept scoring in today's game. So a lot to unpack from this one. But before we actually start analyzing this game, I am pleased, excited, absolutely thrilled to introduce the one, the only, Jeff Cirillo is joining us throughout the season. Cirillo, I'm just going to read your baseball reference for you here. 296 career hitter with the Brew Crew, nearly an 800 career OPS, over 1,600 games in the show, my friend. Welcome to Brewers Extra Innings. Well, Don, this was a great introduction on a beautiful Sunday at Wrigley Field. It's always nice to take two or three from the Cubs, that's for sure. That's no doubt about it. So Jeff Cirillo, he will be joining us throughout the season for the majority of our post-game shows this season. You've come to the dark side, my friend. Welcome officially into the media ranks. Oh, I love it. Shoot, I've officially become a scribe. I love it. (laughs) You're in. Yeah, you're going to get some some flack from your former teammates as well on this. But before we get into this game and talking about uh, what actually happened in the contest, I want you to bring me into the perspective of maybe of a veteran, of a longtime player on a team that sees rookies arriving, right? Christian Yelich talked about it this week, that the energy that these guys are bringing, Joey Weimer, Bryce Terang, even Gus Varlin can be thrown into that as well as a reliever, but the energy these guys are bringing, it also helps that they're multi-talented players, but rookies, you know, wide-eyed and excited to get into the show can kind of remind everybody else on the team you know the little things matter when it seems so routine what does it mean to a clubhouse not only to have the rookies in the lineup but performing at the way that they're doing right now yeah it's always great to have some a rookie influx just a matter of just you know the student becomes a teacher i mean look to my last at bat you're still a student but you know, I remember back in the day when my second time around with the Brewers, when J.J. and Ricky and Prince and Corey Hart and Billy Hall, for some degree, were all coming up. I mean, the energy they bring and the talent they have, you can see it. And so you're trying to you're trying to pay it forward in a way, but you know that you're counting on those guys. And today they did a lot of things. I mean, there's some dynamic. The three rookies that are in the lineup are dynamic. I mean, you see them going first or third. You see Terang fighting every pitch for every at-bat. He's just a gamer just in my small little sample size that I've got of them. And then you got Varland in the back end. You know, it's the wind's blown out at Wrigley Field. It's a rivalry-type series, first time playing against the Cubs. And he was just pounding the zone in the ninth inning. He was he was electric here in the ninth, got another strike out of Miles Mastroboni. Kind of calmed the waters there after the shaky inning from Javi Guerra, but there was no no harm done, of course. Beyond that, the lead was insurmountable in this one. So the Brewers win 9-5. to five. They mash out 13 hits. Everybody in the starting lineup had at least one hit on the day for the Brewers. Almost everybody scored a run. Seven of nine starters scored a run. 
It was a great day for the Brewers' offense to calm everybody down as well, talking about, oh, my gosh, they get shut out on opening day. Uh, I can't even feel my knuckles, and I'm in the booth. I can't imagine trying to swing those first two games of the season, given the weather here at Wrigley Field. You've got a game or two like that in your memories, right? Oh, man, I mean, those guys don't have don't know how good they have it having the new ballpark in, in Milwaukee when, when we were playing in at old County stadium, I mean, it wasn't, it was industrial heaters in the dugout till May 15th. So yeah, you just try and survive those first, really the first month of the season, especially when it's wind induced with cold. I mean, that's, that's, our, those are tough sledding at bats. And today was finally the first day. It felt like a spring day in the Midwest. Sun was out. I think game time temperature was just below 50 degrees, but it didn't feel like that. It wasn't super wind chilly kind of day. Clouds were gone. It was a perfect day for baseball and a great crowd here on hand for this one. Uh, I also want to get your overall thoughts on Eric Lauer. It's really not how you start. It's how you finish, right? Lauer works into the sixth inning. They didn't really need him in the sixth inning, but looked like there was a plan to try to get him up and down all of those times to, to get him into the sixth because the game was already almost in hand at that point. But Lauer, five and a third innings, five hits. Four of those five hits were in the first two innings. Two runs, both in the first two innings. Two walks and six strikeouts for Eric Lauer. He earns the win on the season. It's truly a game that you can't just judge it by the first two innings. He was able to to get things going. What did you like from Eric today? Well, he's one of those guys that even when his command is a little bit off, especially early in the game, he's going to roll deep into counts. It's not like he's a enemy guy that goes deep into the game. But he always tends to make that pitch when he needs to and limit the damage. So, First, first two innings, he was a little bit shaky, wind blowing out. You know, first season, a little bit nervous. doesn't matter how long you've played in the game. You know, it's still an opening day for him. But, you know, his true veteran veteran status is the fact that he's able to limit the damage in those first two innings. And he also wasn't really relying on the swing and miss today. Uh, and really was a, a two-pitch pitcher for the most part. Uh, he threw 50% four-seamers. 30% cutters, and then sprinkled in a few curves and sliders. Really only threw four sliders today, and he did not need the swing and miss. He got 10 whiffs today, which is lower than his normal rate from a year ago, but he's got the Cubs number, man. He, he has seen them a lot the last two seasons. He's pitched very, very well against them, and the adjustments he made and Chris Hook made to get going for the rest of his start were very impressive. I want to get to a couple of the texts that have rolled in here. If you want to participate in the show, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank. Get old Josh in the 414. There's a lot to unpack after this one. I am giddy about the speed and the base running skills on this roster. The freshmen showed us what they can do late in yesterday's win and again today in the big sixth inning. I agree, Josh. The freshmen, as we talked about a moment ago, bringing some energy here, bringing some life, showing off the speed. Uh, at one point, the the uh, StatCast numbers were just oogling and eyeing at what these guys were doing speed-wise in that big sixth inning when Terang, or excuse me, when Mitchell hit the triple, he reached 28 feet per second. Terang nearly reached 30 feet per second on his infield hit in that inning. Weimer beat out the double play at 28.6 feet per second. These guys are grinding for all 90 feet that they can get, man. They're clawing. They are enjoying the taste of the big league life right now. Right, Rillo? Oh, man, you got fresh legs out there. And, and you can see just in watching some of the baseball games just in the, the weekend series how much the, the impact of, of the speed is going to be on display, stealing bases. That two picks is a big thing. And, you know, it's a shorter distance, stealing a base at second base. And, and 
I've been watching the guys go first to third today and create situations where you put a guy on third base in less than two outs. I know as a big league hitter, you'd much rather have that guy stand on third than at second base, and let alone having a guy that has some speed at third base. That, you know that all you got to do is use the middle of the field. That's what they did today. And so first to third puts a lot of pressure on teams, and you don't have to always sit back and rely on a home run. And it was beautiful in that sixth inning. They were clinical on the bases. I especially point to that Winker base hit in the left center when you saw Weimer literally tailing Bryce Terang, scoring from third. Weimer was on second. Little fundamental things like that send a message not just to your own clubhouse, but to the rest of you know the team and the rest of even the organization and other teams keeping an eye on you saying, oh, wow, they're doing the little things right. Not only for Weimer to score on that little dunk in the left center from second, but for Yelich, like you're saying, going from first to third on a ball that was in front of him. Well, we always know that Yelich is a great base runner, and, and both guys did an unbelievable job of, of reading the angle of the ball off the bat. They knew that it wasn't it was it was high enough to get over the shortstop's head, and it was soft enough to where it was going to drop beneath the in, beneath the outfielders, and they didn't stop. Right? I mean, Yelich, you kind of expected because because he's been there, but you know, rookie at second base, you know, reading that ball off the bat, sometimes you're a little bit tentative, not trying to get doubled off. But that was a great run, like you said. He was uh, he was tailing right behind him. And back to the text line here as well. This one from Doug. Nine runs with no home runs, just like you're talking about, Jeff. That's a good sign. On Brewers Weekly this winter, we both said that Terang should be starting. There's no reason to bring other guys in. You can see this guy loves to win. He's aggressive. He's confident. Weimer's the same. Keep bringing these guys up. This is looking interesting. It is three games in, but, you know, you can't really give too, you know, can't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess I'm trying to say it's one thing to say, yeah, it's early, early, and you can't get too excited. But at the same time, to see the rookies, and even the newcomers, Contreras with a big hit yesterday, Anderson had a couple more hits today as well, but the rookies specifically, because you never know what you're going to get, but to see them confident, ready to go, it's not that easy to just roll into the show and act like you've been there before, and that's what these guys are doing. Yeah, I think, like you said, I mean, uh, you know, I've always been a firm believer that that no one treats uh, rookies and, and, and guys that are on the team like those clubhouse guys in Milwaukee in the home clubhouse. They just do an outstanding job of just bringing those guys in and making them feel comfortable from day one. It's really, really fun to watch when guys are gaining confidence at the best level of baseball out there, realizing they can hang, they realizing they can play, and they're going to start building a name for themselves. And it, it just spreads all over the place. Mitchell has the confidence of a burglar. Obviously, he's got 80-grade speed, which certainly helps. I think Terrain caught a lot of people by surprise with his speed. I mean, the dude stole 30 bags last year in AAA. That's nothing to sniff at. We should not be surprised by his speed. And how about his range? I know you can appreciate what he's doing with the glove at second base, especially in, t- in today's game with the shift gone, you need to have range at second base. And I thought he made a couple of absolutely spectacular plays that don't necessarily obviously make it into the top ten because he kept his feet, right? The best defenders are able to stay on their feet and make it look routine, and Bryce has already shown a couple of plays like that. I mean, you have a great view from up there. I mean, that bird's eye view and sent it behind home plate up above, you can definitely see the range and the athleticism of the of- Terang, you know, it was interesting. I mean, here's a play. I mean, the confidence of the guy, Bellinger hits the ground ball to his left. You know, you, you have a five or six run lead. You know, it's just as easy just to go to first base and just get the out and just kind of, you're basically just trying to preserve outs at that point. You know, you don't really care about the bases so much, but he was willing to try and make a run. He, he 
was very precise with his throw to Adamas at short on that one, but you know he could have easily just taken the, taken the easy out at first base on that play. So he's definitely a confident fielder. He's always looking for an extra one, right? He, he's always looking to try to get some more uh, and see if they can turn two. I mean, they turned two on Bellinger the other day uh, to lock down the save yesterday with Devin Williams on the mound. A couple more texts here. If you want to join in, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. One from Aaron here in Illinois. Great win today. Really happy to have the starting pitching this series outside of the one-inning Thursday, and Freddie continues it tomorrow. Starting pitching might be the strength of this team. And also, welcome to you, Jeff Cirillo. Thanks, Aaron, for texting in there as well. We'll get to more of your texts, and if you want to call in as well, we're going to take a quick breather. Our first break, we're just getting going here. We're going to take you all the way to the Bucks shoot-around at 6 o'clock tonight. Don't worry, Jeff, you don't got to stick around for the whole thing, I promise. But right now, we're going to take a quick breather. We're going to send it to the news with Finn Askin. we got more Brewers extra innings coming up after a 9-5 win here at Wrigley Field. Stay with us, news, and a quick break after this. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Against the Cubs and get ready back home. Home opener tomorrow. 110 will be there all morning long right here on 620 WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We'll be taking you all the way to the top of the hour, getting ready for Bucks shoot around with Greg Matzik. I'm Dom Catronio with Jeff Cirillo. Want to thank one of our sponsors, Hupe and Abraham, for every double play the Milwaukee Brewers turned this season. Hupe and Abraham will donate $100 to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. Remember, oh. If you're injured or in an accident, call Hupe and Abraham. Win or it's free guaranteed. The winning team, Hupe and Abraham at Hupe, H-U-P-Y dot com. All right, Jeff, we're still hanging out here and talking about this game. As I'm looking through the box score, I'm looking through some great performances from this starting lineup. I see the top three guys in the order all providing in some way, shape, or form, and the bottom half of the order really being the spark. And this team, and correct me if I'm wrong, or if you think if you, if you think a different way, this team can hit home runs, and they haven't hit one yet. They're one of only two teams in baseball that has yet to hit a home run. But when they win games like this, and they prove that the acquisitions they got, Winker, a guy that can get on base, banking on a bounce back from him, banking on a bounce back from Anderson, Yelich can always be a guy that can get on base. If these guys are getting on base and providing pressure, this team will be more successful than it was last year just relying on home runs. Yeah, I mean, you got to be a little bit more than one dimension and, and just living and dying off your starting pitching and hitting home runs. I mean, clearly the Brewers felt good enough about Mitchell and Terang that they let Wong go and they let Renfro go. So, I mean, those were two guys, and especially Renfro had a, had a great year, and Wong had some leadership presence, especially on the field. Um, so you have to have confidence in those guys to, to pave the way for the next group of uh, future Brewer stars to come through. Uh, but like you said, you know, Yelich is a great base runner. They have more speed. They're, they're a little bit more dynamic, and that'll that'll translate not only on the bases but in the field as well. And, and you're going to get to have a, like I said, you're going to have a great bird's eye view from up there, and you're going to really see what range looks like when you put athleticism behind it. What I also look at in this box score today, and this is, you know, not a surprise to any Brewers team, but it's the first time we've really seen it happen in the young season this year. Six walks and only ten strikeouts. And, look, if you want to shout at me saying, oh, ten strikeouts is a lot. Look, for an entire team that had 37 at-bats today and six walks, 
that's pretty good right. That's a that's a good sign of putting bats a ball and doing the little things, right? Well, the game of baseball is one of those things that's changed where, where 10 strikeouts in a game becomes almost average. But, you know, you put behind six six walks in there and you put more pressure, especially if it's the right guys that are drawing those walks. You know, it's just an added layer of pressure. And, and so strikeouts are going to happen, but as long as you can manufacture walks. And, look, they had three sack flies today. You know, that means guys are getting first to third and stealing bases and taking extra bases. They also went 5 for 12 with runners in scoring position today. So over 400 today with the run scoring opportunities. That was one of the Achilles heels of the team last season, of not quite getting the job done with runners in scoring position. I looked at Jesse Winker, what he did today. He's two for three, three runs batted in, also a walk thrown in there as well. Uh, he gets thrown out running from first to second, trying to stretch a single into a double. But, hey, you know, maybe the rookies inspired him to try to, to get an extra 90 feet, given how fast they've been flying. Jesse Winker is a guy, I mean, we all, you know, everyone in the media seems to look to Jesse and say, all right, yeah, yeah, he's a bounce-back candidate, he's a bounce-back candidate. But it's like, it's, it's one thing to say it, but he knows that, look, I'm healthy now, I'm good to go, I'm excited to provide to a contending team and everywhere he's gone he has been on a contending team and he's somebody that can bring that veteran presence but also a a sort of edge to him at the plate saying look i'm a hard out i can draw walks i can get on base and i can hit for some power i think he's a really dynamic player in that two hole for this lineup for craig council well i think that one thing that will benefit him is his home ballpark is a little different than safeco where he can be rewarded for that ball that he hits out to left center, where it's safe to feel, especially early in the season, the the water and the, the Puget Sound and, and cold air and the wind blowing off off the, the Puget Sound out there. You know, a lot of those balls, they just kind of go and they, they fall into outs, where he's going to see the results, especially what you take in some batting practice at home and you see and you see life in the ball, and you're like, oh, that's a home run, or that's a double wood last year it might not have been. So I could see him having a bounce back. And, I mean, the one point you make out, though, today is those, those guys in, in – and we said four for 12 or five for 12 with runners' scoring position. It was the way they did it. Like Adamas hit a sack fly. You know, he kind of jammed on a breaking ball and kind of looped it into the middle of the field. Anderson hit a fly ball on a fastball out over the plate, sack fly. The other, the other guy that had the other sack fly was out to the middle of the field. Garrett hit a ball out to the middle of the field the opposite way. So that's that's where you where you really get those runs to score is just using the middle of the field. I mean, I know it sounds kind of remedial, but that's the way that's the way baseball works. It's true. I mean, it's sexy to hit home runs. I get it. But quite frankly, when you're winning games like the way they won today, not needing the home run, guys taking the extra base, stealing, running, this is exactly what baseball was hoping for with these rule changes. And the Brewers, and I can't say this is the same for everybody, but the Brewers in a way lucked into it and also are built for this new era because not only are the guys up right now, Sal Freelich is on the way. He can fly. Jackson Chorio, look, he's probably not going to be in the big leagues this year, but the number one prospect in the in the Brewers organization is probably going to be in the big leagues by the end of next season. So he's another guy that's got dynamic bat-to-ball skills with some speed as well. The Brewers are in a great, great spot for this new era of doing the little things and being rewarded for those little things. Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is look back the last two, three years of the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? You had Bellinger who could really run him, and he definitely swings and misses, but he plays an elite defense. You had Betts and Wright, you had Pollock, you had Trey Turner, and and, and he had Freddie Freeman to run the bases. I saw last year when I was doing the TV how these guys were going first to third and just how much more athletic they looked than the Brewers. 
at least in the three games that I saw. And then this year, you know, you had the three rookies. And it seems like that seems to be the blueprint. All right, let's get to uh, one of our next segments here on the show before we let you go here. Uh, Jeff Cirillo joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings throughout the season, his first show of the year. It's time now for the difference-making moment of the game brought to you by NX Wealth Management. NX Wealth Management is different, not driven by commissioned sales, not pushing financial products you may not actually need. It's for elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Contact NX Wealth Management. Know the difference. NX Wealth. Com. All right, Jeff, I'll hand the, the ball over to you. What was your difference-making moment of the game? You know, I'd have to say it was probably the way they manufactured that inning. When I think Durang would drew a walk, and then Weimer, uh, I think he was the one that got the infield hit. I might might have flipped it. And then Yelich worked as a bat and just kind of pushed pushed the baton to the next guy and created the bigger 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 inning where Winker went the opposite field with the two runs. They go first to third, and it just kind of they just kept kind of paying it forward and, and pushing pushing the line across and kind of one through nine. Uh, I thought that that inning uh, was sparked by Terang, and and those guys just kind of fed off that at bat and, and got the ball started. I mean, even the the Terang getting third on that wild pitch during Yelich's at bat. I think it really kind of rattled the Cubs, and especially Julian Merriweather as he was working, really struggling to find the zone against Christian already, and then he ends up walking him on five pitches after that wild pitch and just kept the train going, and Winker delivering the big blow to make it, instead of a one-run game, a three-run game, and then he just kept adding on, adding on. That's a good pick there for you. My pick for the difference-making moment of the game actually goes a little bit earlier on the other side of the ball. You look at the slow start for Eric Lauer in the second inning. He allows a home run to Patrick Wisdom. Might have been Jetstream aided. It is what it is. Then a single by Luis Torrens. Then a walk to Madrigal. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're like, all right, let's, let's get things going back in the right direction. Then they get the blooper down the right field line in order to get the out to escape that second inning. Great range there by Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang to be there. But I look back in the first inning, too. That was one way that he got out of a, out of jam. But the strike him out, throw him out in the first inning, that was massive. He already had thrown 25 pitches in the inning. He gets Mancini swinging, and he catch Dansby Swanson stealing second base with Victor Caratini. I think that helped calm the nerves, and especially so on the great foul out there in the second inning. Then Lauer did not look back from there. He got that get-out-of-jail-free card, and he was really strong working into the sixth inning today. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Lauer get his first start of the year. They break up the lefties, and it'll be Freddie Peralta going tomorrow. And, Jeff, we know what Freddie can do. When he is healthy, he can be one of the premier starters in the National League. Obviously, last year, it was a uh, injury-riddled season for him. And I'm just imagining a sold-out American family field with him on the mound going up against the Mets. Man, he is going to have some adrenaline flowing. I, he might hit 99. I mean, he, he's going to be really excited to pitch in that environment tomorrow. Oh, yeah, it's one of those ones. And no one does opening day like the Brew Crew and the Brew Crew fans. I mean, uh, even back in those days when it was when it was snowing and 35 degrees, we might have gotten 7,000 fans the next night, but opening day was, was jam-packed and they were having fun. They'll be pumped up tomorrow, and they'll get a good team coming through in the Mets. A, a few uh, responses. I put this out on Twitter. You know, how excited are you in three words or less for the home opener tomorrow? A few folks see the freshmen freshman phenoms uh astronomically i only needed one word 
Uh, there's uh, some really good responses there on my Twitter, at Dom underscore Catronio. This is going to be a fun one tomorrow, starting off a six-game in seven-day homestand. New York Mets starting tomorrow at 110 for three games. Then they've got the St. Louis Cardinals after an off day, Friday through Sunday. It's good to be back home coming up tomorrow, and it's good to have you on the program, my friend. Jeff Cirillo joining us throughout the season here on Brewers Extra Innings. Rillo, can't wait to talk some more baseball with you this season, my friend. Looking forward to it, Dominic. We're 1-0, so let's keep the train running. Yes, sir. 161-1 is still in play for the Brewers, just saying. All right, so good things happening for the Brew Crew. Jeff Cirillo, thanks for joining us today. We're going to get to some highlights. We're going to hear from Craig Council. We've got a lot more to talk about here on Brewers Extra Innings. Stay with us. We're with you until 6 o'clock right here on the home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 2-0, the pitch. Swing a line drive down the right field line, a base hit. Telez scores. Caratini making his way to third. He'll be held as Terang comes up with an RBI double. And the Brewers have tied the game at one apiece. It was his first RBI and his first extra base hit in the show. He reached base four times today. Bryce Terang, have yourself an afternoon in your first weekend as a big leaguer. All the rookies got in the game today. Mitchell, you got Terang in there. You got Weimer in there. You got Gus Varland came in. So all good things for the Brewers today. It was a fun day at the ballpark. They win 9-5 to five over the Cubs. They take two out of three. Uh, I had asked some folks, you know, are you worried about not hitting a home run these first two games? And, like, well, look, I mean, the wind was blowing across. It's freezing cold here. Let's see what happens today. And today they score the old-fashioned way. They score so many runs. They get things going with the excitement, with the speed and the base pass, things of that nature. So imagine when the home runs do arrive. And you do run into a few shots. And when you get back to your home ballpark in some more fair you know, conditions, or even come summertime here at Wrigley Field, there were a few shots I think the Brewers would have hit today that maybe could have reached the seats if it were warmer outside. Because it still was 48 degrees. It feels warmer, but the truth is the ball just does not fly when it's chilly like this. But there's a lot to like. And again, we're three games in. I'm not going to get all over my skis here, but let's be real. If this is the team the Brewers are going to be, they are perfectly set up, not just offensively, but defensively, for this new era of baseball. With the lack of shifts, emphasis on stealing bases, not necessarily needing home runs. And how about the fact the Brewers pitching staff, and you know maybe I'm jinxing it right now, but the Brewers pitching staff has not had a pitch clock violation yet. Think about that for a second. Think about, We saw three already from the Cubs pitching staff, two from Justin Steele yesterday, one from Marcus Stroman on opening day. The Brewers have not had one yet. They have followed the rules. They have stayed with it. And I think the two guys I was most concerned about have pitched with the clock, Eric Lauer and Devin Williams. It hasn't been an issue for those guys. What are your thoughts about it? 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank. Get old. The Brewers... And the Mets coming up tomorrow. This will be a whole lot of fun. Carlos Carrasco against Freddie Peralta. Mm, sign me up. The Mets are 3-1. and one. They took three out of four against the Miami Marlins this past weekend. So they're coming in flying high. The offense, who knows what they're going to show up with. I mean, they've got Francisco Lindor, of course. They've got the polar bear, Pete Alonso. Mark Canna's a great role player as well. But it's a whole lot different seeing that lineup with Carlos Correa or without Carlos Correa after the saga they had this past offseason. And the Mets are not going to be an easy opponent. I mean, 
the NL East is going to be very entertaining. The Phillies had a rough opening weekend, but they're not going to go anywhere, especially once Bryce Harper returns in the second half. Uh, you look at what the Braves are doing. The Braves are so, so good. But they uh, actually lost today to the Nationals. First loss of the uh, of the weekend for them. There's a lot of competitive games happening in competitive divisions. Really, all three of them are truly, truly competitive in the National League. And I think every single game you face against another National League opponent, there's just not that many tanking teams in the National League. If you want to say the Rockies are tanking, look, they still got some very talented players on that team, and Coors is always a hard place to play. When I look at the NL, I think the Reds obviously are having a, a, a rebuild year this year. And you look at the East, the Marlins really aren't that bad. The Nationals are the other team I look at in the uh, in the National League that are like, eh, well, they probably don't you know have much going on. I think the Pirates are going to be solid. I think they've got some really good offensive pieces going for them. The Marlins, like we said, they've got some offensive pieces going. And even looking out west, the Diamondbacks, the Brewers will see them coming up in a week. The Diamondbacks have got the young guns playing too, and they're excited about those guys. They've had the tough draw with the Dodgers this weekend. The Brewers can match up really well in a variety of ways with a lot of different teams. Oh, you need to hit home runs? You got Roddy Telez and Jesse Winker and Willie Adamas and you know guys like that that can go yard. Oh, you need to put the ball in play and just put some pressure on a bad defense? Oh, Garrett Mitchell can do that. Bryce Terrain can do that. Joey Weimer can do that. There are plenty of ways that this team can score runs. They can steal bags. They haven't really shown it off yet so far, but they certainly can steal bases when the time comes for They can even drop bunts. How about the fact that Craig Council is totally content with asking Garrett Mitchell to maybe drop down a bunt in yesterday's game. He ended up drawing the walk in the inning that, that eighth inning that broke things open for the Brew Crew. This is a team that is willing and comfortable of getting creative in order to score some runs. Getting back to some of the Twitter mentions here as well, getting to a few of the uh, chats as far as how excited are you for tomorrow's home opener on my Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio. Only day off. That's a good one here. Getting ready to enjoy the day from Sherry Frey. And it would have liked more words to explain, but just trying to follow your instructions. Eric tweeting in, send Bernie sliding. That's a good one since the Brewers are still waiting on their first home run of the season. Uh, only the Toronto Blue Jays are the only other team without a home run so far in the big leagues to this point in the season. So something to keep an eye on. You know, maybe we'll make a little pot. See who's going to be the first one to hit a home run, whether it be tomorrow against Carrasco and against the Mets, or will it be another day? I think it ends tomorrow. I think someone is going to go yard tomorrow. My pick's going to be Willie Adamas. I think Willie's going to go yard. If I'm not mistaken, he hit one last season off of Carrasco. Maybe I'm hallucinating when he had that ridiculously hot end of August trying to carry the team last year when the Mets came into town at the end of uh, September as well. Just double-checking his game logs here now. Uh, when the Mets were in town, he did have, uh, not only did he have a couple of hits in that series, he had two RBIs, he had a home run on the 21st. Was that against Carrasco? Is my memory that good? No, it was off Taiwan Walker. But nonetheless, that would have been crazy if I remembered that. I, 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 my pick's Willie Adamas. What about you? 855-616-1620 or tweet me at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. Brewers get the win Nine to five in this one today. A fun one here at the ballpark at Wrigley Field. Brewers are two and one now. They're rolling along. Good things happening. This is the fifth third bank Brewers extra innings with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth third bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, 
offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Plenty more to come on Brewers Extra Innings. We're with you to the top of the hour with Buck Shootaround and Greg Matzik coming up at 6. Stay with us. This is the home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. RBI chance form with some flyers on the base pads. The pitch. Lone in the dirt gets away from Gomes. Runners trying to advance, and they will. That was a highway robbery there. It was a very close play at third on that wild pitch to get from second and third and help set up that big inning in the sixth for the Brewers. Jeff Levering's call there. Brewers win 9-5. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We're going until 6 o'clock tonight as we get you ready for the Bucks later tonight, taking on the 76ers, a couple of great teams in the Eastern Conference. Should be a fun one here on 620 WTMJ. I want to answer a couple of questions that I've rolled in uh, on my Twitter here. Notice they did not give Tereng stolen base when he took third and Joey took second. Did I miss something? Yes, it was a wild pitch. Thanks for tweeting in there, Thomas. Uh, and this will also lead me to another segment. This text coming in from Mike in Sheboygan Falls. Thanks for listening, Mike. Small sample size and the setup innings from the Brewers' bullpen, but is it time to rethink about calling up Abner Uribe? So that will lead us into our next segment of the show, presented by Cider Heating and Cooling. This is Who's Hot? And who's cold? Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider's highly trained technicians provide a one-stop shop for all home and business comfort needs, including an emergency line that's always live. Get peace of mind by scheduling maintenance today with Cider Heating and Air Conditioning. Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. So who's hot and who's cold? Let's start with the cold. Yeah, I mean, the bullpen was interesting today. Javi Guerra had a tough go of things today. Uh, look. It was only a second outing. I'm not going to hit the panic button. I love using the phrase, he's got ridiculous fuel, in the words of Hobie Milner. And Craig Council has reiterated that. Look, when he's throwing strikes, he is going to be a weapon for our bullpen. But today was an example that Javi was not throwing strikes. No strikeouts, two walks, also allowed a single. He only retired one of the four batters he faced, allowed two runs as well. So I look at him, I look at Pyomps, they're trying to get some work out of those guys. Pyomps had a fine sixth inning, could not finish the seventh inning, or got through the seventh inning after allowing a run, I beg your pardon, the home run to Patrick Wisdom. Then Guerra had a real tough go of things in the eighth inning. Milner slammed the door in the, the eighth inning, and then Varland, no problem in the ninth. When I look at the setup, that's always been the question mark around this team. And you don't feel great given what it's been the last few years with the bullpen and what a strength that has been for the Brew Crew the last few years of handling things and knowing the roles. And things this year are just not going to be like that. And Craig Council has been making that clear from the very beginning. This is not going to be like the teams we've been having where you know who has the seventh, you know who has the eighth, you know who has the ninth, that sort of thing. It's going to be different in that whoever it is, where they are in the order. We haven't seen Bryce Wilson pitch, but I think you're expecting to use him for a little more length. Obviously, Adrian Hauser being on the injured list keeps things interesting, too, until he returns. I look at this bullpen saying, look, I know Devin Williams has got the ninth. Matt Bush is going to pitch a lot of high leverage. Peter Strzelecki is going to pitch a, hot, a lot of high leverage. Can Hobie Milner give me a, a high leverage traditional inning, not just facing lefties like he did last year? Can Gus Varlin bloom into a seventh inning guy if you want to put Peter in the eighth and then Devin in the ninth, things of that nature? Furthermore, who's the guy you hand the ball to 
when Devin's pitched in three consecutive days and you need somebody else to lock down a save because there will be close games. There will be a situation like that. I wouldn't say they're cold, but there's just a question mark back there of how the Brewers' bullpen is going to develop. As for who's hot, I mean, how can you pick anyone other than the offense, especially the rookies right now? The freshmen are hot, obviously. Bryce Terang, two for three, two walks today. Joey Weimer, one for five, also a run score, and he showed off the wheels today, too. Garrett Mitchell, his first career triple, which was shocking when I found that out. Two RBIs as well, two for five day for him. The rookies are hot. Things are fun right now for the Brewers. We're three games in, and there's a lot of excitement brewing around this team, getting ready to go back at home tomorrow. If you want to chime in on the show, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Aaron says, Riley Telez is going to be the first home run of the season. All right, I'm okay with that. I mean, I think my pick's going to be Willie. Your pick's going to be Rowdy. I'll put a poll up on Twitter again tomorrow as long as we're allowed to put polls out for now. Uh, you know, of course, with Elon Musk, whatever the heck he's doing with Twitter these days. But uh, let's uh, hear from the man in charge. Let's get to Craig Council's thoughts on this 9-5 to victory over the Cubs today. Um, I mean, I thought that, you know, the conditions flipped to just kind of a neutral day. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we swung the bats well today. I thought we swung the bats very well. We put the ball in play a lot um, at the right times. And, and um, with, with the amount of traffic we had, it led to some good results. Just a couple games in, but to see what guys like Bryce and, and Joey are doing at the bottom of the lineup, Speed that they bring and everything. How, how yeah, no, it's it's you know Bryce's game today is a is a great you know he obviously had a good offensive day on base four times, but I thought the the stuff he did on defense and on the bases was um, you know just as impressive. I mean, it's an infield hit, it's a dirt ball read. Um, you know, Joey beat out the double play, so those things you know collectively they start to add up and they get maybe get you an extra out somewhere. Um, put you in a better position on the bases with with runners and make the pitcher have a little more pressure. So um, then it's where it shows up. It's where speed shows up, um, and it's it's something that you know we we just haven't had like kind of group team speed, and we have a, a number of players that that run really well, and it makes it made a difference in the game today. Yeah. It also like Joey. The base running read he had on Winker's hit to, to left center was yeah. just like really smart. I mean, well. nice. He made a nice play at the wall. He made a nice play on the in the foul ball in the second. So um, Bryce made several to me really nice plays. Um, so the, def- the defense is you know that's, that shows up and it's and it makes a difference and it um, you know it, it's been it's been important. What did you think of Eric's effort, especially after kind of a slow? Start? Yeah, I mean, I thought you know the first inning he he. He was, he struggled in the first inning, um, and then he got it going. Uh, I thought Victor throwing that guy out to end the first, just getting him off the field and kind of going again. And then, really after the second inning, I thought he pitched very very well. The, the home run to Wisdom, um, but other than that, you know, he pitched very well for the next you know ten outs, um, and and just kind of gutted his way through it. We talked about him kind of flipping the switch from spring training. Was this enough of a step forward for you to see that he? Yeah, I thought he, right I thought he got some stuff going, um, and he competed really well, um, and that's what's you know valuable. Kind of that, you know, you get in the game and you got to compete and you got to kind of find a way through it. And I thought that's what Eric did today. He really, he just found a way through it. Um, I thought Vic did a really nice job, kind of identifying, hey, what is he, what is Eric executing today? Um, 
it was, you know, I, that turned into, a, turned into a very good start. How nice was it to be in a position where you didn't have to use Devin today? Would, do you think he would have been able to pitch if it was? Yeah, I think he, he was, yeah, he was up. Yeah, we got him up, so, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, Gus did a nice job in the ninth. Hobie did a nice job to get us out of it, and we got, we got five outs from, from the OL. That was the manager, Craig Council, after a 9-5 win today. I look at this team, and you see completely different lineups versus a righty and versus a lefty. But this right-handed pitcher lineup, man, I mean, you look at, not again, I'm not going to go crazy on game three of the season. But, I mean, you've got experienced hitter, experienced hitter, power hitting shortstop, power hitting first baseman for one, two, three, four, right? Then five through nine can be a hodgepodge of a lot of things, right? You can throw, you know, you can throw Mitchell there in the five spot if you want some speed earlier. They put Brian Anderson in there today, and he reached base twice. He had a walk and a base hit, also a run batted in. Brian Anderson's had a, a solid weekend uh, in his start of his Brewers career, playing both right field and third base when the Brewers really need it with Luis Arias out for the next two months. Uh, you can throw Terang a little bit higher. You can throw Mitchell a little bit higher. Whoever your catcher is, I mean, maybe normally it will be William, uh, William Contreras batting fifth as opposed to Brian Anderson. I mean, I look at this lineup, and there's just no breaks. There's a lot of different type of hitters, right? You've got Yelich who can draw a walk, Winker who can draw a walk, but also can tag you for a homer if you're not paying attention. And if Yelich is on base on first, he can steal a bag while Winker is up. Adamas can clear the bases with a double or a homer. Telez can clear the bases with a double or a homer. And he's not just a traditional pole guy. He can hit it up the middle. He can hit it the other way. Then you got Contreras, a legitimate power threat with gap-to-gap power. And then you get the speed guys in there. I mean, there's a lot to like about the way this roster is constructed. And maybe this is the you know, the springtime error in my head and seeing the L flag fly- flying above the center field scoreboard here at Wrigley right now. It's just like, look, I mean, I know the Cubs are not a great team, but they're not a bad team, all right? They're going to be fighting to get the 500 this year. I don't think they'll be able to get the 500, but it wouldn't shock me if they're able to flirt around 500 all season long. They're not a bad team. And the fact that they chased Jameson Tyone so early in this game and a quick leash on him sent a message to him. They made him work today. He only threw four innings, but he needed 63 pitches for those four innings. He knew he was not going to go deep. They also were ambushing all over him, too. That's part of the reason why the pitch tally was so low. He allowed seven hits in four innings. It could have been a whole lot worse. He faced 19 batters. I think the Brewers are in this spot where they're able to adapt to the starter. They have talent that can ambush like we saw today, and they've got talent that's not afraid to draw walks. And strikeouts, of course, the great equalizer. Everybody's trying to cut down on strikeouts. But I, I look at this roster. The Brewers have an opportunity to really be a team that's known for getting the bat on the ball and being pesky outs and being a real thorn in the sides of opposing teams. So I'm excited to see what this develops into for the Brewers this season. We're going to get to the highlights in the next segment. Right now, I want to look around the out-of-town scoreboard at a few games happening today. Uh, earlier saw the uh, Red Sox take the series against the Orioles 9 to 5 the final in that one the Rays sweep the Tigers 5 to 1 Jeffrey Springs had a no-no going in that one Jeffrey Springs starter for the the Rays six no-hit innings with one walk and 12 strikeouts only two hits allowed in that win for Tampa Bay also 
Uh, elsewhere in baseball right now, the Diamondbacks just took a 2-1 to lead at Dodgers Stadium in the top of the ninth inning. They're trying to split that four-game series at Chavez Ravine. A good one in Seattle right now. It's 5-5 to in the bottom of the ninth between Cleveland and Seattle. Julio Rodriguez has hit his first home run of the 2023 season. Mike Zanino back and healthy now for the Guardians. He hits a home run in that one, too. But maybe the stuff that's really going to catch your eye is the fact that the Angels are blanking the A's right now in the bottom of the ninth. That's not the story. The story is that Mike Trout and Shohei Otani went back-to-back in that game with home runs. Trout is 3-for-4 in that game with a homer, too. Uh, So fun stuff for the Angels. They're about to win that series against Oakland. In fact, that game just went final 6-0. The Angels take 2 out of 3 from the Oakland A's. So that's a quick look at the out-of-town scoreboard. Let's take a look at the highlights. We're going to listen back to a fun 9-5 win today for the Brewers. They take the series against the Cubbies. We're with you until 6 o'clock until Bucks shoot around. Don't go anywhere. It's the home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Brewers get the win 9-5 to over the Cubs. They have now won 2 out of 3 to start their season. But it was another come-from-behind victory, just like it was on Saturday. In fact, in this one, Eric Lauer had a tough goal of things in the first two innings of this contest. An RBI single in the first by Dansby Swanson. He stayed white-hot at least for one inning in this one to make it 1-0 Chicago. However, the Brewers would respond in the the uh, second inning. A leadoff walk to Rowdy Telez. However, Anderson and Mitchell would strike out against Jamison Tyone. Victor Caratini blooped the single in the right field. It put runners on first and second. And the rookie, Bryce Terang, coming to the plate. 2 and 0, oh, the pitch. Swing a line drive down the right field line, a base hit. Telez scores. Caratini making his way to third. He'll be held as Terang comes up with an RBI double. And the Brewers have tied the game at one apiece. They avoided the shutdown inning. That's Jeff Levering right here on WTMJ. So 1 to 1, heading to the bottom of the second. Then Patrick Wisdom hits a home run into the jet stream. The wind was blowing out today into left field, a solo home run to give the Cubs the lead right back. However, he would settle down, did Lauer from there on. More on that in a moment. It's 2-1, to one, heading to the third inning, and once again, the Brewers avoid the shutdown frame. This time, a sacrifice fly from Willie Adama scoring Christian Yelich, who had let off the inning with a single. He went first to third on a Jesse Winker single. So the Brewers are all tied at two apiece. Now let's move ahead a little bit later into the game. We go now to Garrett Mitchell at the plate. But before that, things were a leadoff single once again for Brian Anderson. Now they're starting to get to Jamison Tyone his second time through the order. Garrett Mitchell saw something in the scouting report saying to ambush. And boy, did he. First pitch swinging. It's a line drive down the right field line. It's going to roll all the way to the wall. Anderson's around second. They're going to wave him around third. Mitchell on his way to third. Here's the throw to the plate. It will be cut off. And Garrett Mitchell with an RBI triple gives the Brewers a 3-2 lead. That's Lane Grindle. And believe it or not, that was Garrett Mitchell's first triple of his career. He did not hit one in his time with the Brewers at the end of last season. Now the Brewers have the lead, and that's all they needed. They would start to take off from there. He would be less stranded, though, or actually he was thrown out at the plate trying to score on a ground ball from Victor Caratini. They kept putting the ball in play, and good things were happening. Lauer, meanwhile, he only allowed 
uh, two more base runners for the rest of his outing over his last three-plus innings. He finished with a total of six strikeouts working into the sixth inning. However, top of the sixth inning is when things got a little bit crazy for the Brewers. Julian Merriweather was the second man out of the bullpen for the Cubs. He actually got Victor Caratini to ground out to open the inning. Then he allowed a walk to Bryce Terang. A little tweener infield single by Joey Weimer put runners on first and second. A wild pitch put them the second and third. Yelich would walk. The base is loaded. Jesse Winker coming to the plate. Merriweather ready in his pitch. Swing and a line drive left center field. Headed towards the gap. Down. Two runs will score as Yelich streaks to third. Brewers advance their lead to 5-2. to two. They would not look back from there. Another bloop single this time by Willie Adamas up the middle into center. That scored another run to make it a three-run inning. They still weren't done. A bloop single by Rowdy Telez was followed by a sacrifice fly. Garrett Mitchell would add an RBI single as well. This is what it sounded like as the doors were blown open on this place. 2-2 pitch. Mitchell line drive, base hit up the middle. Adamas scores, Bellinger throws into second base, Telez goes from first to third, another run scores, a five spot in this sixth inning for Milwaukee. They've batted around. They score in five of the first seven innings today after scoring in the eighth inning yesterday. So yes, they didn't score for 16 innings to start the season, but they now have scored in a total of six of their last 11 innings. So things are looking up for the Brewers' offense. Yes, it got a little shaky in the eighth inning against Javi Guerra. A couple of leadoff walks came around to score. Also, there was a home run earlier, the second of the game by Patrick Wisdom. But Gus Varland and Hobie Milner locked down things in the eighth and ninth inning. The Brewers ended up winning by the final of 9-5. to They win the series against the Cubs and get ready for the home opener tomorrow against the New York Mets. So let's talk a little bit more about this thing, right? The Brewers in this sixth inning, they did it the old-fashioned way. And all of this really with one out, too. The speed really helping them out. Getting Victor Caratini out to start the inning. And you're like, all right, well, it's just going to be one of those innings. And even Bryce Terang tried to ambush on Merriweather. He ends up drawing a walk after that. And Weimer's little tweener, it's such. it was fun to talk to the uh, television broadcasters of the Cubs today. It was Pat Hughes over there, the Hall of Famer, the former Brewers voice, and Joe Girardi and uh, Jim Deshaies talking about Joey Weimer, and like, this kid is a freak. I did not realize he was that fast, and he put it on display there on that infield tweener hit that Merriweather tried to slide and field. Look, even if he got that ball cleanly, I think Weimer would have been safe. And I tweeted the numbers uh, earlier in the day about the sprint speeds of these guys in that sixth inning that kept the inning alive. So you look back in the uh, fourth inning, Mitchell's triple, he reached 28.4 feet per second uh, on his sprint to third. And he got there standing up, by the way. I think he still had another gear if he needed it uh, in order to get into third base. He got there in sub-12 seconds. Uh, Even uh, Bryce Terang's infield single in that fourth inning, his jet up the line was 4.08. I mean, if you're sub-4, that's Ichiro territory. Uh, 4.08 is a ridiculous time for Bryce Terang. He reached 29.9 feet per second on that sprint. And then Joey Weimer, when he beat out the double play in that fourth inning as well to keep the inning alive, at least for Yelich, who ended up lining out, he reached 28.6 feet per second. Those are all elite numbers. If you're over 27 feet per second, you are above average. If you're over 28, you're considered really, really darn good. Anything in 30, you're a freak. So the fact that Terang flirted with that, Mitchell can certainly get there too. 
This team is a new-look squad heading into the 2023 season, ready for these new rules, ready for some uh, havoc on the base pass coming up at home this week. Man, cannot wait to get things back home and have some excitement rocking at American Family Field. We will be there all morning long with your coverage right here on your home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. We're going to go through some of the lineup stuff. Uh, We're going to go through what to expect tomorrow as well at the ballpark, uh, some of the festivities and things of that nature as the Mets are coming to town. And uh, the Brewers have seen the Mets at the end of the season's last couple of years. Now they're going to see them for their home opener. And they're no slouch. They're going to get Carrasco. They're going to get the turnaround. Max Scherzer will pitch in this as well. But you also got Corbin Burns back at home as well. So I'm excited to see him bounce back in a climate-controlled environment. We're going to take our last break here of the show and uh, get ready for Bucks shoot-around coming up at the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. We're almost done with Brewers Extra Innings here on your home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Last segment of the show here. Let's get you ready for the home opener. If you're listening to this after the fact, uh, if you're listening tonight live, if you're listening in podcast form, let's get you ready for what to expect tomorrow at American Family Field. First of all, if you've got friends that are still thinking about on the fence, there is a limited amount of tickets still available for the home opener tomorrow. First pitch is at 110. Play hooky. Come on. No one's getting any work done tomorrow anyway. Come on out to the ballpark. Let's have a good time at American Family Field. And what will be a fast game? Pitch clock. I mean, think about today, right? 14 runs scored, a bunch of hits, like 23 hits, I think, today. Uh, pitching changes, walks. In. We were still under three hours today. All right? The pitch clock is revolutionary. This is going to be awesome for baseball moving forward, but that can be for another topic for another time. Here's what to expect tomorrow. First and foremost, the Brewers are urging everybody, prepay for your parking online. If you haven't already, if you don't have a season pass or anything like that, it'll make things a whole lot faster. You can purchase with cash or card when you get to the lot, or you can do it online before you arrive. The parking lots will open at 10-10, three hours before game time. Gates will open two hours before game time, all right? So lots at 10, gates at 11, all right? The pregame festivities where the guys line up and they announce every single guy, that will start at approximately 12.45 for the Mets, Brewers at approximately 12.50, and then the National Anthem will be at 12.57. That will always be fun. And there's going to be a flyover, world-famous B-1 bomber, the 28th bomb wing, out of Ellsworth Air Force Base, South Dakota. There will be the pregame flyover, and the first pinch will be Cumberland's own Chief Master Sergeant of the Space Force, Roger Toberman. So be there in your seats for that for a fun moment for our armed services. Playball kid will be the daughter of Brandon Woodruff, Kyler Woodruff. So she's got playball. That'll be a fun moment for the Woodruff family, too, with Freddie Peralta on the mound. And while you're there, you can check out the brand-new Jay Leinenkugel's Barrel Yard. I was out there on Wednesday. We had Wisconsin's Afternoon News live from the brand-new space in left field. The reimagined uh, restaurant to be named later has been named and it's been rebranded. They're actually going to unveil. They're going to tap the brand-new brews they have available only available, some lineys available only at the ballpark. So I really encourage you to check out the barrel yard and the left field wall. Supplies are limited. You also will get a commemorative opening day aluminum cup with the purchase of a beverage at the barrel yard. It's open to anybody with a ticket, all right? So anybody can go to the barrel yard as well. Can't wait to uh, see you guys at the ballpark. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank goodness uh, 
They got the roof. Don't got to worry about anything crazy happening there. I can't wait to see the ovation for the freshmen once they are announced at the ballpark. And uh, it should be a ton of fun, as it usually is, at American Family Field for the home opener. So we will be out there tomorrow all day. Steve Scavidi will actually be broadcasting live from American Family Field all morning long, starting at 9. We'll have guests joining him throughout the show. Uh, Wisconsin's morning news will have live hits and uh, information coming from the ballpark of everybody out there early and often. Uh, Plenty to talk about with the Brewers opening their home schedule tomorrow. So great stuff happening. Baseball is here, and the Brewers are flying the L flag down here at Wrigley Field. Great stuff, as always, at Wrigley Field. Thanks to their hospitality for having me hang out here in the press box while we get ready for the home opener tomorrow. For Evan Wittalison, our producer today, I'm Dominic Catronio. For Jeff Levering, Lane Grindle, and everybody listening in, thank you again. We'll see you at the ballpark tomorrow. Buck Shootaround coming up next with Greg Matzik after the news. Stay with us. And until next time, keep on swinging.